Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. All right, good morning, everybody. Glad to see you all. Last week, I, I talked with you guys about how starting on Tuesday evening, it was going to be the beginning, actually it was Monday evening, the beginning of the 10 days of awe. It, it was, it was uh, Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish holiday, the, the Jewish New Year, and it, it kick-started what's considered the 10 days of awe, and guess what, that was less than 10 days ago, so that means that we're still in it, right? And so, so we get to still press into the grace that's on this time that we're in right now. And, we, you know, there may be some people in the room that are Jewish, but I want to tell you that our, our identity in Christ is not about, about where we come from or what our, our human culture is, but that we're sons and daughters of the Most High God through Jesus Christ. And so, you know, for, for me, I'm, I'm in the New Covenant. I hope you are too, by the way. The new covenant. We're not under the old covenant, so we're not bound by the rules and regulations and legalistic approaches to the old covenant um, rules and, and laws and holidays. However, how many of you know that the, the laws and all those things actually were just to be foreshadows of Jesus Christ and the kingdom that he's establishing in our midst? And so there are things for us to, uh, to honor the Lord in. There are things for us to uh, to, to reverence the Lord in with specific focal points. And so that's why sometimes we take a focus on these. God's made this 10 days of awe an important thing for me over the last many years. And, and the, the 10 days of awe actually come to a close this Thursday at sunset. Okay, so, so the, the holiday Yom Kippur is coming up on Wednesday. And, and it starts at sunset, the Jewish holidays begin when, it, when sunset, and then it goes through the next day until sunset, okay? And that's how they do it. You can talk to Moses or somebody, Adam and Eve back in the day. What, why did they start? The, I, don't, I don't know. David couldn't figure out how does a day start the night. He said, he, he's like, if the day starts at night, then that means that they, they sleep during the daytime? Or no, no, but it's too hard for me to explain it. I'm not going to try to explain it to you right now either. Just trust me, all right? You guys, you guys need to start trusting me more, okay? <laughs> Yom Kippur, Wednesday evening. It, it, Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement, the Day of Atonement, okay? And it's considered the, the most holy day of the year, all right? And guess what? The one cool thing that you might not know about, about Yom Kippur this year, Wednesday and then Thursday, is it's, it's September the 15th through the 16th. Something that's really cool that the, the Lord blessed my heart with is that Thursday is not only the Day of Atonement, but it's the Overflow Church three-year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah, we launched Overflow Church on September the 16th, 2018. And so this year... Um, our anniversaries on Yom Kippur, and I think that's pretty cool. I think it's pretty, pretty, consider, or pretty significant, actually. Um, 
Jessica and I really feel like God's bringing us into a brand new season just in the, the history, the, the future past history of Overflow Church coming into a new season, and we're pretty excited about it. Um, yeah, so I, I want to encourage you guys, too, to just to recognize Wednesday and Thursday, just recognize it as a special day, okay? It's, it's our church anniversary, but even more importantly, it's, it represents the Day of Atonement, which I'm going to talk to you guys about today, all right? Um, <clears throat> I, I told you guys last week that, that in the year 2010, it was in September, the Lord had called me on a, on a fast that I didn't know how long it was going to go. I was thinking it might be a 21, possibly 40 day. By the time I was several days into it, it felt like I could keep going. And uh, on that Saturday, I was at the healing rooms at Bethel Church. And, and after the whole healing rooms was over, they had all the prayer servants gather together and debrief and pray. And during that time, a lady, um, she, she actually told us all, today is Yom Kippur. And it, and it goes until sundown, and she, I explained this to you guys last week, that, that it happens to be a very significant day in the prophetic realm, because it's a day when a lot of the prophets have encounters with God, because they're expectant of this, that God will give people, they'll give them downloads of destinies uh, that are to unfold through the next year, through, you know, beginning, because it's the new year, right, that the Rosh Hashanah, so for that year, the destinies to unfold, and so she was just basically saying, you guys, we all need to just press into the Lord and see if God's going to give us downloads for our own lives or for the body of Christ, and see if he's going to say anything. Um, the, the holy days are days that we're supposed to set our, ourselves apart, to consecrate ourselves during those times, to to choose um, to, 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 to disengage with worldly things so we can give full attention to God and his word and, and his kingdom, all right? And, and there's, there's something that when we choose to consecrate ourselves unto special holy moments that we need to expect that it moves God's heart. It moves his heart. And it, and it draws him in. It, it, it woos him. It causes him to think, man, they really, they really want me right now. And, and when God knows that he's wanted, guess what he does? He comes close. And James, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Amen. And so on that day, I, I, the Lord told me after she said that, that, uh, that this is why I was fasting. I didn't know why. I just knew it was significant. He said, this is the reason why I had you fasting because I actually started my fast. I was on day 10. It began at the beginning of the 10 days of awe that I didn't even know was a thing. But God knew it, and he led me into that time of fasting for the 10 days of all. And he said, you're going you're gonna to end your fast today at sundown. And so I knew that God was doing something important. I went to the prayer house that evening at Bethel. Um, some people are asking me, can we have a prayer house? Yes, when the Lord provides, that'll be awesome. We're not there yet, all right? But, we, but I hope we will. But, but at Bethel, they have a prayer house that's dedicated to prayer anytime you want to go in there. I was in there for hours just praying because I knew that God wanted to encounter me. And I felt his presence. I felt his glory. I felt, I felt things moving in the room. I, th there's a fountain in the middle of the room, and I'd walk circles around there often and, and just praying in the spirit and just worshiping the Lord. And it came sundown, and I, I was going to break my fast with communion. 
And so I wanted to do it as, a, as an act of worship and intimacy with Jesus. And so I got my communion thing, went to my little spot, and I was getting ready to take it. And the Lord said, can you give me just one more moment before you do this? I said, I'd be, I'd be happy to. I probably had to text Jessica to tell her it was going to be a little later than I thought. And so I, I laid prostrate onto the floor and, uh, and on my back. And while I was doing that, I just, I just focused my attention on the Lord. And I, I, and I felt the glory of God come and sit on me. Just felt his glory. I, I literally felt the being of an angel come and descend and stand next to my head. I was like, okay, this was worth that moment. This was worth that moment. I was having an encounter in his glory. And the Lord started speaking these prophetic promises to me. I'm not telling you them. They're for me. All right? Sometimes, sometimes we're not supposed to tell everybody everything that happens in the secret place. All right? But, but there, there are special things he said. And, and uh, But after he said all those things, he gave me a vision of a, of a big city. And he told me that this is a city that he's going to call me to claim as his. Come on. This is 2010. Years later, years later, I, I came to understand that that was greater Indianapolis. That's pretty cool, huh? Destinies. Destinies. All right? Speaking destinies. Releasing destinies. And so we don't always get them instantly, but, but that was 2010. All right? That's amazing. Needless to say, that, that Yom Kippur became an important day to me because I started realizing this is a special day to the Lord. This is a day. We're not under the old covenant, all right? The approach is different, but, but, there, but it's a special day to the Lord. It's a day of, of, of holiness. It's a day of consecration. It's a day of, of, of realigning our values and our hearts to the Lord that says, I only want you and anything that gets in between me and you, I put that aside. I consecrate myself to you. Encounter me. Amen? I don't know if you guys have noticed since last week and today, but I'm actually trying to, I'm trying to prime the pump of your expectancy during this time. All right? Because Wednesday's coming. Wednesday's coming. On October the 11th, 2016, this was still when I lived in Reading, David was two and a half years old. I was, I was putting him to bed that night, and often in those days when I'd put him to bed, I would, I would lay in bed with him, and we'd put, I'd probably read him a story or something, and then I'd put him to bed, um, put soaking music on, and, and pray with him until he falls asleep. And this one night, October the 11th, um, we had the soaky music on. All of a sudden, I started feeling God's presence. I wasn't even, I wasn't even, I was paying attention to David. All of a sudden, God's presence came in the room. I felt a concentrated uh, glory, almost, I don't know if it was a cloud or not, but I, but I felt like a concentrated glory come into the room, and it was over by his door. 
and I, and I could feel God's presence more, and, and I, was, I was just like, whoa, this is amazing. Thank you, Lord. I didn't press into it. It pressed into us. And, and I said, David, can you tell that God's presence is in the room? He said, yes. He said, he's over there. Right where I, where I saw in the spirit, and I felt that over there. He said, it's over there. And I said, that's exactly where, that's where I knew it was too. And so that glory came in, and it came on us. <laughs> Come on. This isn't, this isn't, um, it's not fairy tales. It's real. It's what he loves. Amen? And, and when that presence came on us, David fell asleep instantly in the peace of the Lord, which is a miracle on its own. <laughs> it was amazing. And, and, and when God came on to me and then he whispered in my ear and he said, he said, did you remember? Today's Yom Kippur. I'd for, I didn't even, I forgot. And he said that. And I, and I looked at my phone and, it, you're right, God. <laughs> but he, he was reminding me that uh, this is an important moment to him. It's important to me, but, but it's not just important to me. It's important to him. He didn't want to miss a, a, a holy moment with me that was scheduled on his calendar. Come on. And he, he spoke some things. Again, I'm not going to say them now. I may sometime because they, they may be relevant for a different message sometime. But, but he spoke some things to me that were real intimate to my heart. And, and, and it touched on destiny again. Come on. It's amazing. And, and I take encounters on that time very seriously. And it's not to say that, that there's not to be expectant of high-level encounters any other time. Absolutely. We need to live from that. And, and like I said, holidays are not to be a holy moment in and of themselves, and then the other 364 days, it's not. No, it's to, it's to bring our remembrance to something that we can live out every single day, all right? So, but I, but I take Yom Kippur very seriously. I, I, it's, a, it's an important time, and I want to, I just want to, um, you know, I'm glad you're asking this next question. Why is Yom Kippur so important? Good question. Yeah. Why is it so important? Why, why is it the most holy day? Well, I'm going to read some scriptures to you guys. You guys mind if during church we read some scriptures? Cool. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to read out of, out of Leviticus 16. In the Old Covenant, there was Moses had established a a, a religious system that was holy and it was righteous and it was a way to worship and honor the Lord. I could get into all kinds of things about why that should have never happened in the first place, but we're not going there right now, okay? Um, but, uh, but that was the way that the God did it to honor the people's wishes, okay? And so, which is, that's crazy. I'm not going there. Help me, Jesus. <clears throat> 
they created by the, by the plans of God a tabernacle, which was a, a man-made tent, and it was, made out, it was made by precision. The sizes and dimensions, the, the types of materials they used, everything had to be precise, and, and, and it was God's blueprint, okay, how to, how to do it. And so I'm just going to give you a quick overview of the tabernacle. There's the, there's the outer court, there's the holy place, and then there's the most holy place. All right, and and priests, the, there is a there is a certain tribe of the twelve tribes called the Levites, and the Levites were the ones that God set apart from the rest of them to be the ones who who did the work of the temple and of the law and everything. And then there's specific of the Levites that were called to actually work in the tabernacle, and so the the ones who are the right ones to do it. They, they would do daily sacrifices every day, and people would bring their offerings to the Lord. They'd bring them to the tabernacle, and they, there's like tons of these people administering different parts of this whole thing. Um, but then the, the higher priests, the, the, the more holy ones, were the ones that could go into the holy place, which was not even the most holy place yet, but there were specific things that had to be done in there that there were very holy acts of worship to the Lord. But, but then there's the most special place called the most holy place. It was the, it was the most inner part of it. And, and there was a, a veil. I've heard that veil was very thick. I, I don't know how thick, but um, it, you, you wouldn't be able to rip it. Like it was, it was crazy, crazy thick. And, and it separated the holy place from the most holy place. All right, and in the in the most holy place was the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant, and on it was what was called the mercy seat, and on the mercy seat or by the mercy seat there were these golden fashioned arch archangels or cherubim I should say that that had wings that go over their shoulders like this and they're facing each other and their their wings would come up like this and and touch each other, and God told them that I'm going to sit on that mercy seat in the most holy place. The Holy of Holies is what it's called. The Holy of Holies. That's where God was going to sit and that he was, gonna, he was going to dwell in the midst of His people. There were over a million people who set up their camps all around the tabernacle. Yahweh, physically, sitting in the middle of his people. Come on. That's amazing. A special nation. No other nation had Yahweh sitting in the middle of their people. A holy people. Amen. And so in that holy of holies, the the priests were not allowed to go in there to minister. Why? Because it was that holy. As a matter of fact, God made it very clear that if people, if anybody would come into his presence who didn't do it the way that he prescribed to be done, they, were, they would actually die. They, they, would be, they would be killed immediately. So in Leviticus 16, I want to I read just a portion of this and then explain it. Because um, this is talking about the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, that's this Wednesday and Thursday, okay? This is Old Covenant, though, so not now. Starting with verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses 
after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered profane fire before the Lord and died. I'll just pause for a second and say that God is so holy that if we try to, that, that if we, under this system, and I, and I believe God's still the same, He just has different approaches to things, but um, that if, if people would try to approach Him with how they want to present worship to Him on their terms, the way that I, I want to do it my way and get in your presence, but they didn't do it God's way, they died immediately. Why? Not because God's evil. Because he's holy. He's pure. He's the glorious one. Okay? He doesn't want to, um, anything that's irreverent to come into that place because it's not, it, it, irreverence and God's holiness cannot mix together. All right? That's a truth that still stands, by the way. All right, let me keep going. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron your brother not to come at just any time into the holy place, that's the holy of holies, inside the veil, before the mercy seat which is on the ark, lest he die. So he can't, he can't just go in there whenever he chooses. Okay? For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Whoa. If there's one place that would be the most amazing place to be, it's that place. That God would appear in a cloud above his mercy seat. That's amazing. And it's such an amazing, such a holy place that he said, don't think that you could just come here anytime you want. It's, it's got to be my terms, not, not yours. Or, or you'll die. All right? This isn't mean God. This is holy God. This is, this is God that's beyond anything that we can imagine. It's, it's God whose ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. It's, it's God who is so pure that, that, uh, that if we can approach Him on His terms... It's going to change us forever. Amen? Pretty powerful. <clears throat> Thus Aaron shall come into the holy place, the holy of holies, with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of a ram as a burnt offering. And it goes on and explains all the things that he has to do with that. This was a day that would happen one time a year. One time a year, okay? Only one time a year could anybody pass through the, the threshold of that veil into the place where the Kabad Shekinah glory would dwell amongst his people from heaven to earth. One time a year. Guess how many people got to do it? One high priest. Bad luck on y'all else. <laughs> All right? One man. But he, and he didn't just get to just, oh, here's the day. Let me go just cross that threshold. No, he had to, do, he had to go through some severe um, consecration. He had to go through a whole process to get himself purified and holy 
and sanctified, ready to be able to enter into that place because he was not worthy to stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Okay? Last week I mentioned to you that, uh, that there was two sacrifices, which is mentioned right here in this chapter. A bull had to be sacrificed and a, and a goat, I think it was a goat, yeah, a goat had to be sacrificed, right? The goat, you know, compare a goat with a bull. It's like tiny, huge, right? The tiny, the goat, would get sacrificed for the sins of every single person in the whole nation for that whole year. They'd sacrifice that thing, and, and somehow God allowed that sacrifice out of his mercy. He sits on the mercy seat, okay? It's not called the judgment seat, Hallelujah. It's called the mercy seat. It's his throne, the mercy seat. Somehow God could look at all these million, million plus people and all the sins they committed, which I guarantee probably heaped up pretty high. Okay? One little goat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that blood cover all those sins. Can you imagine that? Like, like splice that. Whatever the value of that goat is, splice that out to a million people, and that covered that many people and all their sins. Whoa, that's wild. But the high priest, the one man who can enter into the Holy of Holies before the glory of God once a year, what did he get? His portion wasn't just a little splice off the goat. No, he had to sacrifice an entire bull for the one man. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Might not make sense if you just think about animals and numbers, but if you think about it from God's perspective that a price is being paid for an experience. You get the experience as a nation of forgiveness of sins. A goat. Okay? You get the experience of standing before the Shekinah glory of God face to face with the creator of the world. And it costs a whole different level of something to get there. It's not about forgiveness at that point. It's about standing in his glory, which is more valuable than any of us have any clue of. And a lot of us Christians are happy with the blood of a goat, oh, I'm forgiven. I, I did a bunch of wrong, but I'm all good now. That little price that was paid. When the Lord actually is, that's not, that's not his actual, his, his highest level for your life is just to get forgiven of sin. That he actually wants his people to come and stand before him in the holiness. He wants to have a father and child relationship where he can, he can encounter you with the fullness of his glory and, in, and consume you with his goodness. The, the kabod weighty cloud thickness of his presence that emits and where the lightnings and the thunders come forth from and the archangels that are probably bigger than his building fall down in his presence. I want to know that part of God. 
But a lot of Christians are just satisfied with, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live my life and do my thing and, and, and I'm good because, because there is a price that is paid. Okay, okay, but, but that's not really all that God has dreamed of for you. There's a price. There's a price to coming into the more of the Lord. All right, Jesus paid a price to get you free from your sins, but there's more. There's more than getting free from your sins, okay? So anyway, let me keep going here. That's the, once a year, he'd go in there and he'd bring the blood of the sacrifices, and God in His mercy, He forgives all the sins of everyone in His nation for that year. And then, after that day, it's a new year. Let me sin again. Let me sin again. Let me sin again until 365 days later, I got a whole nother heap of sins. And so that high priest has to go in there all over again to, get, to wipe another years of, of junk off of me. Who likes, who likes that cycle of life? <laughs> Hallelujah. But we're not under the old covenant. Amen. We're not under that system anymore. I read this to you guys either last week or the week before. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you again. Um, because the reason I'm pointing out all this in the Old Covenant, that's not where we're staying. Hallelujah. We're going to get to the good stuff here in just a minute. But the, the reason I'm saying it is because that's what made Yom Kippur important, okay? It's the Day of Atonement. God's heart is not to see his people continuing in sin and separation from himself. He actually wants to draw people to himself. And he's paying prices for it. But, but things change. But, but on our side of the equation, something that's so important, and this is why it's called the ten days of all, is that we need to choose a heart posture before the Lord of reverence, of awe, of repentance, of recognizing areas of my life that's not fully submitted to the Lord. And choosing to repent, choosing to submit them to the Lord, choosing to let things go if I need to, choosing to say, God, I need you so much more than all these other things that I've been holding on to. It's a, it's a season of recalibration of heart. A season of consecration. A season of, of, of saying, Lord, you've, you've paid a high price for me. I want to give you my all. I need more of you. A lot of, a lot of Christians are, are happy just to be in the camp out around and God's saying, I want to bring you in to the holy place. All right? And that's where we're going next. But uh, oh, what, I, what I needed to say real quick, in, in September 2019, I was in Tennessee, and I was taking a nap. You guys heard me say this who are here, but God told me in a dream that I needed to declare this over anybody who would hear it. <clears throat> Our lack of reverence is surely 
among the greatest reasons we don't see the glory of God at the level he longs to reveal it. He told me that in a dream to declare this. I'll say it one more time. Our lack of reverence is surely among the greatest reasons we don't see the glory of God at the level he longs to reveal it. Come on. We're going to turn over to Hebrews chapter 10. Because Hebrews chapter 10 is what made Yom Kippur a better way for us. All right? How many of you are thankful that we're not still under the, the prison of the old covenant? Come on. That God's will for his children is not to be under legalistic bondage. That's not what he, that's not what he created. He never even... He had never even wanted that in the first place, okay? Hebrews chapter 10 shows how Jesus has redeemed what Yom Kippur was all about. And I want to read you a chunk of it. Here we go. For the law, having a, sh- having a shadow of good things to come, that means that it was just representative of more important things, and not the very image of things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. Okay, so, so all those sacrifices that religion requires, and, and a lot of us as Christians think we know what the sacrifices today are for us that God requires, all right? But, but it's saying these sacrifices cannot make you perfect. They, they won't They won't do anything for you. Verse 2, For then would they not have ceased to be offered? If if you're already perfect, why why would they keep offering them? For the worshipers once purified would have no more consciousness of sins. Okay, so when if you get if you truly get purified, there's no more consciousness for sins, okay? But they had a consciousness, that's why they keep doing it. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take, th- take away sins. All right? It just appeased wrath for a year. It didn't take him away. Therefore, when he came into the world, Jesus, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. So guess what? If you think that your religious Christian life that you're trying to earn favor with God, if, you, if you're trying to, your, your deeds, your Christian and, and righteous deeds, you think those are going to get you favor with God, this is saying um, if that's all that is, it's worth nothing. Okay. If, the, if, you're, if you're trying to use your works and your good deeds to please the Lord, that's not enough. Burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. <clears throat> Previously, saying sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire nor had pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. 
He takes away the first that he may establish the second. Hallelujah. So Jesus came to close the book of the old covenant and to open up a whole new way of kingdom life for us. Anybody thankful for that? Because the old way never did it. Works and religious deeds and good deeds and all those things will never get us closer to God. All right? That, that's self-propelled works, and we can't get ourselves in his presence. Okay? Verse 11, every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, who are we talking about, guys? Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. One sacrifice forever. Sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Verse 14, for by one offering, check this out, guys. This better get you excited or you're going to have to go have a talk with Jesus later. Why it didn't make you excited. For by one offering, he has perfected forever. What? For by one offering, Jesus has perfected forever. What? I know all those sins I committed this last year. One offering, he has perfected forever. Whoa. You mean, whoa. I feel his presence right now. He, he's excited about this. One offering, the cross. He has perfected forever. Perfected. What? You mean it's not just the goat, the, the covered, it just covered my sins, it concealed them so I could get through another year without being killed in your presence? It did more than just hide them. It perfected me. What? Your crucifixion perfected me. Whoo. Whoo. By one offering, he has perfected for a year until next year. Forever. He perfected me until my next failure. No. He perfected me forever. <sighs> Jesus is the Lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world. Did you sin yesterday? 
This is for you. I feel His glory so strong right now. This is the new covenant gospel of the kingdom. Jesus didn't die on the cross so He could just keep dying on the cross and keep dying on the cross. Keep dying on the cross because you weren't good enough and kept falling into your sins all over again. He died once for all. All right? For by one offering, He has perfected forever. Whoa! When God looks at this person here, He's not seeing all my failures and weaknesses that you all look at. And I'm just joking. That I look at in the mirror sometimes. That's not what He sees when He looks at me. He sees someone who He has perfected forever. Are you telling me that Yahweh God, the one who sits in the cloud of His kabod weighty glory, that no person who is unworthy can stand in His presence or they'll die, that person looks at me and He says, I've perfected you forever. The imperfections, the sins, the failures, all the things that disqualified me from His presence... He's not looking at that. He's looking at me and said, I've perfected you forever through one offering. Whew. All of a sudden, I'm in a different position than they were in the Old Covenant where only the high priest once a year could approach that throne. I'm not like all the others that were disqualified from that encounter anymore because by one offering, He has perfected forever. Of all the things that kept me out of His presence before, He has taken care of the problem. Jesus, thank You, Lord. But we got to finish that verse. Because I'm just staying right here on this part, and it's not even a completed sentence yet. <laughs> but you got to capture what this says. That God can look at you as perfected by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Does that mean that everybody is perfect in God's sight? No, it doesn't. And this is where the rubber hits the road. Because i got to finish the sentence. It says, For by one offering He has perfected forever. Who? Those who are being sanctified. Those who are being sanctified. Has He perfected forever those who are not being sanctified? No. Nope. If I'm not 
positioning my life in his sanctification. It's not that he hasn't paid the full price for me to have that complete perfection in his eyes. He's already done it. It's already there. I can always have that. But if I choose to not be sanctified, which means to be set apart from worldly and self-living, entering into Jesus and His blood and His finished work. Being sanctified means that you're living in Christ. Not in self, not in world. In Christ. I'm sanctified because I'm in Christ. And if I live my life staying in Christ, that's being sanctified. I'm going to stay being sanctified. Being sanctified is an ongoing present word, okay? I'm being sanctified. That means that every moment I have a choice whether I'm going to stay in a sanctification or not. And I, I can live sanctified by staying in Christ, but it's not His fault, it's mine if I dip in and out. And if I choose to live outside of the realm of Christ within me and me and Him. If I, if I choose to live by my own works or choose to live by the Spirit of the world, I, it's not Him moving. I just stepped out. Out here, I'm not being sanctified. It's in here that you're being perfected forever. You get, a li- you get to choose always whether you live in this or whether you step in and out. Or you can try to do one foot in, one foot out. But that's what those people on the outer banks of the camp around his tabernacle were doing. They, they're like, I want to get to heaven, but I don't want to pay the price to be close to him. But guess what? <laughs> if you're being sanctified, if you're living your life in Christ, Jesus said, abide in me and let my words abide in you and you will bear much fruit. He's, he's calling us into union with himself. He's calling us into relationship with himself. He, he, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It means you come into him and then he already sees you as perfected forever. <laughs> perfected forever is God's visual on your life in Christ Jesus. This is good, guys. Are you blessed? It's our choice, right? It's our choice, in or out. You you get a dip in, you get a dip out. I want to stay in all the days of my life. I want to live my life being sanctified. I want to stay in that place because in that place, I'm always viewed by God as perfected forever. It's not me. It's Christ, and I'm in Him, and I've become one with Him. And so Christ's nature actually has become mine, and that's how God sees me as this, because I'm fused into into oneness with Jesus. Come on. Good stuff. But the Holy Spirit also witnessed to us, for after He had said before, this is the covenant. See, this is a new covenant. This is the covenant that I will make within them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts. And in their minds, I will write them. Instead of it being an external, physical, I've got to obey the Lord with my outer actions, and I've got to know externally what He needs me to do so I can obey. obey. 
God's putting it in us because it's, a, it's an intimate union love. And we get to live from the inside out instead of externally motivated religious living. Okay? In Christ. In Christ. Then he adds, come on, this, is, this goes right with that part about being perfected forever. He said, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Whew. Can you try to remember that this is all about coming into the Holy of Holies and why people were not allowed to have that encounter because they didn't have the righteous life. They didn't have the qualified holy and purification of heart. Okay? But Jesus and that one, that one sacrifice made perfect forever if you're in Christ, if you're, if you're living your life being sanctified by being in Christ. Perfected forever. Whoa. Whoa. You mean the things that disqualified me from your presence, you, you took care of that? I didn't have to. You, you paid the price. You paid the price for me to stand before the throne. Well, that, that's a game changer. Maybe all of a sudden I'm starting to realize that God wants me to stand before his throne. And that maybe he made the way for me to do what I could never do on my own. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You forgot my sins? You, you what? The, I, I was disqualified. I, I just, I, 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 what I'm getting ready to say, I didn't really do. I just looked at pornography yesterday. Did you repent? Yep. Did you receive my forgiveness? Yep. Are you, are you, in Christ? Yep. Are you being sanctified? Yeah, because I let I, I released it to you and, you, and, uh, and you're faithful and just to cleanse me of all my sins when I confess them to you. Yep. I don't, I don't remember that sin. I don't remember. You, you did that? I, I don't see that on you. Whew. Are you guys hearing me right now? Now, where there is remission, which is forgiveness of these sins, there's no longer an, off an offering for sin. All right, all that I had, I had to say right there to get to this next part, and this is where the, this where the exclamation mark of this whole message is. Verse 19, therefore, brethren, check this out. Old covenant, one person, once a year, high priest only, lots of sacrifice, Lots of like work to get himself ready for this holy high moment. All right? But, but this just said we're not under that covenant anymore, right? So guess what? Therefore, brethren and sisters, having boldness, not shame, not shame, having boldness, to enter the holiest. That's that holy of holies, all right? 
Not old, not, not man-made tent. This is, this is heaven. This is where the throne of God, the kabod, the center of the universe, where God rules and reigns everything, and he holds the universe in the palm of his hand, the place where he sits, where the cherubim go around his throne on a, on a, all the time <laughs> for, for probably millions of years by now, circling it, saying, holy, holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I'm talking about that place right there. That's the holy place. That's the holy of holies. Having boldness to enter the holy of holies by the blood of Jesus. Not of a bull, not of a goat. Jesus, one time, forever. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh so the veil that separated the the priests from the holy of holies all right the veil that, that's saying that that the old veil actually represented Jesus's physical body that he hung on a cross and when Jesus died on the cross it says that that the the, the veil that separated the holy place it was actually torn in half during a great earthquake it, it tore in half, okay? And Jesus' body was broken on the cross, and it became the, the way in. New and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, which is actually Jesus, not you or me, let us, verse 22, this is the word, let us draw near. Draw near where? To the throne of Yahweh God. The one that you are not worthy to stand before in and of your own works. It's not about you anymore, is it? It's not about your works anymore. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Jesus made the way to get us to a place that we never deserved, a place that we could never get to on our own abilities, a place that we all long for in the glorious presence of God. Hallelujah. You guys all right? Are you starting to dream of Shoney's right now? <laughs> We're getting close, all right? We're getting close. <laughs> oh, thanks for speaking for everybody else in here. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I like you, man. I like you. Why am I talking about all this? Wednesday night, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. It's an old covenant holiday, but it's being redeemed in the new covenant. And it's a, it's a time for us to consecrate ourselves to the Lord. Jesus already paid the price, so your consecration didn't buy your way in, all right? But what it does is it positions yourself to receive all that Jesus has already paid for. Our form of consecration isn't religious duty it's remembering that, that he's perfected forever those who are being sanctified. 
So it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awareness that part of my life might be dipping into the world realm or the self realm, and it might actually be hindering me from experiencing the fullness of all the goodness that's in, the, in, in, that's in Christ that he's already given to me in full. And, and when we consecrate ourselves, it's, it's, it's an intentionality of shifting of focus, getting our hearts postured in a place where we're in full submission to the Lord so that we can enter into that place where we're perfected forever in His sight. Because from that place, from that place, when we know that Jesus has already paid the whole thing, we can believe that God has opened the heavens for us to experience the fullness of His glory because He loves you and He wants you in that place with Him. Come on. <clears throat> what used to feel like a, like a religious ritual to, to come into the holy place of the Lord in the new covenant, it's actually God sitting in his living room trying to bring you close to him so you can encounter his goodness as a good father. <laughs> oh, hallelujah, God. The reason I'm saying all this is because I'm trying to, <clears throat> I'm trying to encourage our spirits and our faith to believe that the, the greatest encounter with God's heart and His presence that you could possibly desire, God wants it more than you do. And He's already paid the price. And in and of yourself, you'll never get it. But if you can enter into what Jesus has already paid for, then you can know that He's already given you a VIP pass to the throne of the universe. And that you have the permission to come in close to Him. You should be expecting encounters with God this week. He already paid the price for you to have it. Missing the encounters of the Lord is not on Him. It's on us by living distracted lives. By, by not placing the proper weighty, weightiness of value on Him and the things that He cares about. Trying to have it my way and still get the benefits of the kingdom. That will not get you into that encounter you want. But when we choose to lay it all down to the Lord, Lord, I, I'm in awe of you. I repent of anything that, that I compromised with. I yield myself to you. I believe that you want this more than I do. Come on. You guys need to have high expectations. Ten days of all in repentance. Set yourself apart for the Lord. Enter into the fullness of Christ with your focus. Okay? Come out from among them. Be holy. It's a time of purification, time of a realignment of, of life. I, I've, had, I've had multiple encounters with God on Yom Kippur. I'm, I'm expecting 
I'm expecting he's going to do something. Guess what? If he doesn't, it's okay too because he probably will soon after because we get to live a life where we can have encounters with him anytime. Okay? He's paid the price for it. He wants it for you more than you do. Is anybody hungry for more right now? Come on. Why don't you guys stand with me? I had, I had other testimonies that I wanted to share, but maybe another time. <clears throat> Can you put some, some instrumental music on behind me while I end in prayer, Dennis? <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I ask you to, Holy Spirit, I, I pray that you will sweep across this room and anybody who would be listening online, sweep across this, Lord. I ask you to stir our hearts with expectancy, with hunger and expectancy. I pray in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, stir hearts in Jesus' name. Stir hearts. I pray that you'll deposit revelatory truth in each one of us, in our spirits, Lord, to be able to understand the, the, the magnitude of what you did on the cross for us. Lord, that, that verse about, about being perfected forever by your sacrifice... I've, I feel like that's got to go deep in some hearts, Lord. Take it deep into hearts, Lord. <clears throat> Lord, we love you. We love you. I just want to declare over all of us right now too that we're in a we're in a critical season in the earth right now. Just in all of history, right now is a very unique time. And honestly, to do the kingdom, it's it's actually gonna require more of a of a coming out from among them and being holy. It, it it's getting it's getting harder to do both right okay and the lord's trying to call his people in to him more and i feel like my my number one mission with you today really is to is to call us in we, we need to be a people who value the the lifestyle of consecration to the lord Not just casual Christianity. There's way too much of that. It hasn't changed the world. Okay? That, that has not changed the world. But God's saying, come out from among them and be holy. And, and it doesn't mean that we're becoming like old school zealots. It, it just means I'm all about Jesus and I'm being transformed into his image and letting go of conformity to the world.
Lord, raise your people up. Call us in, Lord. Draw us into your presence. I pray this week, Lord, the ten days of all, Lord, that you'll, you'll stir a hunger in hearts, that this will be a holy time for us. I pray, Lord, that, um, that Yom Kippur, Wednesday, Thursday, God, that this will be a holy moment for our people. I ask you for encounters, and I pray that you'll just draw people into a deeper awareness that, that you have given them that VIP invitation to stand before your throne. And it's through the sacrifice of Jesus. And Lord, we honor you. We honor you for the price you've paid. Teach us how to honor you rightly, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.